the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to repairmycreditnow.com for a free credit report evaluation. Repairmycreditnow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we have a good one, guys. We've got Damian Lupo with us, and he is a born entrepreneur. He started his first business at age 11 and has started 30 additional businesses since then. He's also the founder of his own martial art, and he's the holder of three other black belts. Damian paid for his first rental house with a Visa card and then bought 150 other homes all across the United States, including seven states. And then in the next five years, he went through a $20 million meltdown in 2008. Today, he runs Austin-based FinTech, dedicated to disrupting Wall Street and getting people off the Wall Street roller coaster. Damien's also authored five published books and has two more that are gonna be released in 2017. Damien, welcome to the show, sir. How, how are you doing today? Hey, Doug. I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here. Man, I appreciate you coming on. I always love to learn from other successful people. And man, you've got so much going on. I mean, what did I miss in the bio? Tell us just kind of maybe a little bit about yourself personally. I saw at age 11, you started your first business. So what was that like? Yeah, that, that was sort of a problem I had back when I was growing up in Alaska. When I was 11, I remember really wanting to play Nintendo games and asking my parents for some money or, or wanting to have them buy me a game. And I, the, part of the programming I had as a kid from my, my folks was we don't have any money. There, it was a scarcity thing. There's no money. What do you think? Money grows on trees, all those those type of things. And, and I said, well, I want to play, so this is a problem. I'm going to solve it. And I thought, how can I do this? How can I how can I figure out how to pay for games? And I ended up going and, and reaching out to people that were selling their games used. I bought all of them at once. Somebody would sell 20 games. I'd, I'd buy them all. And then I'd, I'd play them, get bored with them, and sell them off one at a time. And I en- ended up even hiring my parents because I, I had to get around. So they were driving me around. And so I had my own employee team you know, with my, my mom and dad. And it was it was like entrepreneurs. It was a typical thing. We just we look for a problem and we go, we can solve it. That happened to be my problem because I wanted to play Super Mario Brothers. It was a problem and that's how I solved it. You know, that's, that's real interesting. And it's always... I think that's a great thing about America. You know, it, you truly can see a problem. And, and as a kid, you know, you can kind of be entrepreneurial spirited and, and fix your own little problem that you had there, if you will. But there are so many other things that are so much bigger. And I know we're going to get into a lot of that later in the show, but it, it really is great that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. In America, we can truly take something 
And if it's a problem, if we've got a fit for it and you can do it better than other people, you can make a living. And if you do a really good job, then you can really knock it out of the park and, and become very successful. So that's a, that's a great, great thing. Now, you know, as you were going through this process, you know, you, we talked about you, you've started something like 30 some odd businesses over the years. Can you talk about maybe some of the obstacles that you've run into over the years? Yeah, Doug. I, one of the obstacles that comes up, and it comes up more the older I get, is is the, the the concerns about what the rules are. And in in the day and age we live in, the people that are making the most progress are the ones that are playing by their own rules. It's the Richard Bransons, it's the Elon Musks, it's people that are saying, "Yeah, that's the old way of doing it," and I'm going to look at something different. I'm going to totally re redo, reimagine. I'm going to disrupt with the old and when I was first starting in my early 20s, I didn't know what the rules were because I had dropped out of college four times and I, it, I that just didn't work for me. So I, at the time, I thought I knew everything, which is, I think is normal when you're 18, 19, 20. I, I thought I knew everything. I didn't really have rules, so I made it up. And as I've gotten older, there's more experiences. There's more, there's more brain damage from making mistakes, more hesitation around not wanting to screw something up. And I have to be careful that I don't get too hesitant about screwing things up because I need that 20-year-old mindset that I'm willing to go out there and be naive and think I can just create whatever. I can build the Great Wall of China next weekend. It's that type of youth, youthful ambition and no limits attitude and mentality that really creates magic. And it's important that we don't get in our own way based on years of, of people telling us a certain thing can't be done. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, one of the the most dangerous things that, that can be said I've heard is is you know why do you do something that way? Well, because that's how we've always done it. But there's something that comes from experience, you know, that makes it to where you don't get burned or brain damaged or whatever you know you were kind of alluding to there. That you know that it protects you. But then there's also something about not conforming to the old rules and being handicapped by something that maybe doesn't even really exist anymore or never did. And so that's that's a that's a delicate uh, rope to to walk on. And and you know, l- let me ask you this: you know, when you talk about the rules, some of those are quote unquote business rules, and some of them are things like compliance and and those types of things. And and I know that just from my personal business dealings, that if you're not careful, as an entrepreneur, you know, you're out there on the bleeding edge trying to make things happen, and and compliance you know, the rules can change. The government regulations, you hear about these strangling, you know, regulations, and sometimes they're for consumers' protection. Sometimes they're, um, they're big business protecting the, the big business so that smaller businesses can't come in and do things. But have you had any experience with, a compliant, with compliance that, that uh, maybe there was something that you were going through that um, you're not trying to break the rules in that way, but that have been a problem because you're going so fast? Yeah, that speed kills, and I am I am totally aware of how how real that is. When I was when I was starting out, I was going super fast, and I I interpreted rules. And one of the huge mistakes I made that I've since learned from, I don't do it anymore, is I thought, well, for, I, I, it's better to go after do something and ask for forgiveness than to get permission. And in the beginning, I thought this was a good plan. The problem with that is if you go and you you interpret certain things like federal regulations and you're wrong, you've got the weight of these three-letter agencies like the SEC or HUD or, or the FBI or whatever, and they end up coming after you and pushing back in a way that will basically break you. And so it's not worth being that lackadaisical or, or just feeling like you can ask for 
for permission. The federal government doesn't have a sense of humor. I mean, that was definitely one of my experiences. They they look at things and they're they're bureaucrats and and they're going to do their thing. I, I I now have an attorney that I run everything by, and it was one of those youthful idiot moves where I thought ah, I can't afford an attorney. Well, yeah, I had to afford an attorney when I got in, in involved in a, a legal skirmish with the federal government, and I had to spend a hundred thousand dollars in six weeks on attorneys in D.C. So I've had that experience. It's a lot cheaper to have the legal people giving you great advice up front and and really important as an entrepreneur to not feel like you can't say no and you can't push back on the attorney because attorney's job is to keep you safe and as an entrepreneur you're breaking rules and you you need to be able to say okay well I understand the risk I'm gonna move through it anyway at least you have somebody looking out for you and you're not just shooting into the wind which is what I did and that definitely can get you into a whole bunch of trouble with the government you know that's a that's a great point to bring up because you know it's it's so important. I mean, there's some rules that are made to be broken, and then there's some rules that they're there for your protection. And having a trusted advisor to run those things by, whether it's a CPA, uh, an attorney, just someone that has some more experience in that. And as you mentioned, I mean, the attorneys are pretty much always going to want you to put some kind of disclosure on it or say things that you know they ultimately protect you. They might protect you so much that you can't do any business. You know, if you that's do it right. that way, so you've got to make that that entrepreneurial decision but it's it's something that you really have to evaluate and if you're out there just strictly gunslinging and just doing whatever you want to all the time the problem is is that you can get yourself into uh, into an issue and and you know it, it really uh, it can hurt I mean I like you you spent a hundred grand um, I spent about 800 grand on a deal one time and and it's just Man, if I had it to do over again, there's a quite a few things that I would have you know done differently. But uh, but yeah, you don't want the issues with the government. That that definitely is problematic. So now let me ask you this: you know, either personally or in business, what what are some of the things that you do to grow, just to uh, to enhance your overall intellect, those types of things? Doug, big big number one is the 10x idea. It's it's based on and we hear a lot about this now with Grant Cardone's book, The 10x Rule, and it's it's a way of of life. It thinking about things in terms of 10x all the time. I'm always asking, how can my health be 10x? It can be 10 10 times better. How can my business be 10 times bigger? And it's not that bigger is better because bigger is just bigger. It's that I have to look at things totally different and I have to disrupt whatever it is that I'm using, even if it's working. And the reason that that's so important in today's day and age, you have to disrupt you because if you don't, somebody else will. So I'm always asking the 10x question, how can I be 10 times better? And by doing that, I, I have to go kind of blank slate and look and see what what's the new technology? What are the new thinking patterns? What's happening out there that I can implement that I haven't in the past? So that's constantly keeping me growing and it, it constantly keeps me alive thinking. You can't possibly be stagnant if you're thinking about 10x. Man, that thing that you just now said that you have to disrupt you or someone else will, guys, you need to write that down. I'm telling you right now, that's as powerful as it gets because in this fast-paced world that we're in right now, you absolutely have to be prepared for those types of things because disruption is going to happen. It's just a matter of whether or not you're anticipating it and planning for it and moving forward or if somebody's doing it you know, essentially to you and disrupting what you've got going on. So that is really great information. That's a great place for us to kind of leave off on this segment. And if you really want to go back and reference anything on the show, you can always go to our show notes page and uh, you can reference Damian Lupo right there on Ambitious Radio. After we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be right back and hearing more about all of his ambitious pursuits right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be (laughs) a lot www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. Repairmycreditnow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, All3Reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to All3Reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and we've got Damian Lupo with us. And I'm telling you what, guys, this is an exciting guy to talk to. Uh, bottom line is, I mean, he's created his own martial art. He's a black belt in three other uh, uh, disciplines. And, you know, just an overall entrepreneur. And so let, let's talk a little bit about that, Damian. Tell us a little bit about how did you come up with the idea to um, to, to do your own martial art, and then how does that apply? What all you have going on? Is it something that, that helps you in your business but because of the discipline, or how, how does that work? Yeah, Doug, I, the, the martial art was, was one of those things that happened organically because after training for more than a decade, you, when we do something for a long period of time, we start to develop our own version of things. It's how we show up in that thing. With martial arts, it's no different than uh, than a lot of other pursuits where eventually we have our own identity. It's not just some system that we've done over and over. We start to have our own flavor. And w- when I had done Aikido for a dozen years and then I thought hey you know what I'm, I'm kind of into this yoga thing and it's really working and then I saw this overlap and I had started studying Reiki which is a, a healing process for healing hands and I meshed all these things together to really th- think through and develop something where where we could learn how to be in relationship with people and moving in, in flow which is Aikido is all about flow it's it's the lack of conflict and and in flow you're moving around things that may be dangerous and at the same time instead of just moving past them my thought was let's let's elevate the energy let's raise things up let's let's bring the conflict to a place of peace and heal what's whatever's going on so that was my thinking it was it was who i had evolved into and so the martial arts is really a reflection of of my business mindset it's it's how i show up in the world because everything that we do in the dojo is the same to me it's the same 
outside the dojo. So I, I practice in the dojo. It's almost like a petri dish. It's like a, a laboratory for me, and then I bring that in, into business. And I think about how can we make things more uh, easier, smoother, less friction. And so I train where there's this dance, and it's elegant when it works. And that's the same thing in business. How can I find things that will empower people so that they can live with more peace, less anxiety? And that's what we're doing in business. It's really giving people more peace, especially with their money and finance, taking away the friction, taking away the chaos. And now that's all I do every day during the day. It's business. At night, it's training and teaching. So it's it's really my entire life is that philosophy. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, that, that you know, moving uh, in flow and, and how that you know, works with the business. You talked about disrupting the Wall Street roller coaster and, and those types of things. What exactly do you guys do at FinTech and how, how is it that you are disrupting Wall Street? Yeah, well, in, in terms of FinTech, so we have a financial technology company. That's a, FinTech is a term that has been, it's kind of newer. And what we're doing is we're looking at the old system and saying, okay, this old system really benefits the system. The, the, the financial system benefits Wall Street. It, it benefits people that are selling products. And it's really meant to serve the people that are investing, that are putting their, their, their blood, sweat, and tears on the line, and they're the ones taking all the risk. We thought there's got to be a better way than people doing that. And this was personal for me because I watched both of my parents retire and essentially retire broke after putting for decades their money into that system, hoping, praying, believing in it, and then waking up going, okay, I'm not working anymore. And I'm basically on the edge of, of being almost in poverty, but just really not having the choices and the freedom. And I thought that, that, that sucks. It sucks to see that happen to a family. And the reality is we're in America and that's, there's, there's got to be a better way. So I looked at this at this system that was happening where people are stuck without real choices on Wall, in Wall Street and get and ch- being charged a fortune in fees and and I said okay there's what's what's an alternative I'm a, I have a big real estate background in real assets I, and so I understand rental properties I understand precious metals I understand things outside of Wall Street and what we what we realized is that there's an opportunity for people to exit Wall Street to get off that roller coaster and take their their money that's stuck in these 401ks and IRAs move it into their own checkbook and so inside of a week they could literally be buying gold in their hand they could be buying real estate they could be off that roller coaster outside of that chaos and in charge of their financial life so that they could design it instead of having it happening to them by default so that's really what we do is we create that vehicle where they're in the driver's seat and and they're in charge so they're, they're no longer in the in the back seat or stuck in the trunk of, of their their investment vehicle and and hoping it'll all work out when in fact they're really going off a cliff we, we put them in charge and in control and then they get to do what they want that works for them not what some broker in new york is deciding is good for them so they can afford a, a second home in the hamptons you know that makes that makes a lot of sense, and and you know one one question I often like to ask, and this could be personally or it could be towards business, but what what's something that you believe in that others maybe just thinks is, is the craziest thing ever, and why do you believe that way? I, I believe one hundred percent my personal philosophy in self responsibility. I believe that every single person has the ability to to take control of their financial future. That that nobody's a victim unless they choose to be a victim. I don't believe that that money and finance is too complicated. I think that we've been pitched and sold a bill of goods, and I believe that this is all about a choice. And so it's it's not about do I have an Ivy League education or do I understand 
some type of crazy derivative formula. It's a question of do I want to take control of my life and am I willing to be 100% responsible? I believe that that is not the message that comes from Wall Street. It's not a message that we hear in society. We're, here, we're, we're told that it's okay to blame somebody. We saw that with the recent election. People were – they're putting their futures in somebody else's hands hoping that somebody gets elected and that's going to make their life better. And I'm thinking – that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You can do whatever you want, especially in the U.S. You're not in Burma. I mean, you are in the United States of America. This is the United States of opportunity. Like, like, give me a break. Don't be a victim here. Don't blame anybody. Don't justify it. Go over there and take responsibility. Own it. Make it happen. You know, it's it's interesting, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody of any political persuasion, but you know, my wife and I were you know kind of almost giggling a little bit the other day of these college students and and others out there that they're like in tears. And they're like, oh, I can't go to school today because, you know, whoever got elected for whatever. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, like, it, it, when you deal with some real stuff in life, and then you're, and how are you going to deal with that um, when you can't even deal with whoever got elected? And, and like you say, it's America. I mean, hey, whoever gets elected, great. This person, that person. I mean, the world's going to continue on no matter what. But my goodness, um, you know, I love that basically little speech you just gave there on, on I Believe, man. That, that could be, uh, you know, something that, that goes out there. It's like the Jerry Maguire, you know, thing he does. And, you know, the bottom line is it's, it's personal responsibility, taking responsibility for yourself. If it's to be, it's up to me. And, you know, that's, that's great, great information. Now, let me ask you this. What's something that maybe you once believed in and over the past five to 10 years, you are diametrically opposed to it now. Maybe you're 180 degrees the other direction. Anything comes to mind, uh, something you changed your mind on? Oh, man, a big time. I remember 10 years ago, more was all I was focused on. It was about the money. That was my purpose. And guess what? It happened. I made a lot of money. I mean, millions of dollars. I mean, millions and millions and millions. And I had the Ferrari and I had all of the stuff. And I didn't have anything inside. I was a shallow shell of a person. And, and so today... All of that stuff that's out there that comes into my life, the the financial abundance, the the bling, I guess, which it happens, it's a side effect of the focus that I have on not another million dollars, but a million people that I'm impacting. Because you impact a million people, you, you end up with not a million, but probably a billion that shows up. So 10 years ago, I was thinking about how could I get, and now I'm thinking about how can I give the best of who I am and raise people up. It changes everything about the energy. It changes how I get up in the morning. I can barely sleep at night because I'm so excited. I, before, I couldn't sleep. 10 years ago, I couldn't sleep, and I had to take some type of sleep drug because I was so stressed out. And I mean, really, that is a huge shift 10 years from, ago. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to be near that guy if I met him today. And it was all about just trying to get as much as I could and consume. Now, totally different, totally opposite. You know, that's, that's great. That's great stuff there. And it goes to show you, I mean, you know, for those that, that have never had money, everybody generally wants it. And then as you get a little bit of it, you know, typically what I've found over the years is that money just makes people more of who they really were. And then sometimes yes. you, you you get those things and you're like, I don't know if I like this person. I don't know if I wanted you more of me. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it gives you a reality check. And it's great that you've been able to turn that corner because so many people, they, they can't. You know, they, they get it and they don't want to let loose of it. And it's like the little uh, the little ring, you know, Lord of the Rings, my precious. You know, they're like, you know, they cannot just they're attracted to it at all costs. And it's great that, that uh, you've been able to make that uh, make that turn. So with that being said, you know, we've got maybe time for for one more quick question and you know let's talk about fears man as an entrepreneur 
are there any specific fears that you've had over the years or maybe in the beginning? I mean, 30 companies later, you've, you've, you obviously go through them, but is there any specific fears that, that are reoccurring or maybe that were there in the beginning? I think in the beginning, the, the fears, there's probably two, one running out of money. And there was, there was a thought that there was a limited amount of money. And, and so I, I was a little nervous about that. I get, the funny part is I got more nervous about that the more money I had because I thought, oh, I got I to gotta protect it. And so it just it created this tension. And the other one was, was the judgment of other people because when we're out there creating something, when we're out there on the edge, we end up in a space where we get a lot of people attacking us because it, it disrupts their, the way that they're thinking and disrupts their choices because they think maybe there's something better I could do. That person's doing it and, and they're going to judge to make themselves feel better. So the judging doesn't feel very good. At, at some point, I realized it doesn't really matter that much. I'm going to do what matters to me, and I'm going to do what I can for as many people as possible. So the more over time, the judging has it, it doesn't matter as much, but it certainly did make a big difference in the beginning. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So last question of this segment. If you could go back and, and maybe tell yourself at any point in life one thing, what would it be and why? It, if I could go back, I would I would say – Find somebody that you trust and respect, keep them close and keep an open dialogue with them and ask them for their their feedback and their advice. Make sure you've got somebody telling you and, and giving you reflective insight on your swing because you may think that your swing is beautiful and you may it may be real ugly. You need to have somebody giving you that feedback all the time so you don't go out there looking stupid and, and being naked and not realizing it. You know, I can't think of a better thing. You know, whenever you're on top, everybody wants to be your friend. It's when you're down at the bottom that, that it's tough to get somebody to help you out. So if you really have that opportunity to ask people, hey, be real with me. Don't just be my friend. Don't just tell me, I, you know, I, I look pretty just because. I mean, really tell me what is going on and surround yourself by other people that are more successful than you. You can learn from them, but they're not also, they're not all that impressed with your success anyway, most of them, and they can really shoot you straight. So that's great, great advice uh, from Damien. Right here on the Ambitious Radio Network, we've got to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back talking more to Damien about his success and what's next for him on the Ambitious Radio Network. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God or what they say? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. This is Kelly Shackelford, president of First Liberty. We're the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. We've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to the local schools. If you want hope for religious freedom, go to firstliberty.org and get your free In God We Trust window clean. That's firstliberty.org. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number. You have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. 
All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we've got Damian Lupo, and we're going to talk a little bit about how he goes through the decision-making process of the different businesses. We've said it several times on the show. He's, he's started over 30 different companies, precious metals, real estate, all different types of things. How do you go through that process, Damian? What does that look like, and, and how does that work for you? The, the, the way I go through things now when I'm looking at what I'm going to spend my time on, it, it's really a question of what, where is my heart? What, what really matters to me? It's, it's not just doing something that, that may make a lot of money or it's, it's something that I can really use the best of me because when I look back, and I've thought about this a lot, when I, when I get to my, my final breath, I want to be able to look back and go, I gave it everything and I, it was, I, I left it all out there. I mean, it was, and it wasn't just doing something that was safe. Like our job is not to tiptoe tip safely to death's door. Our job is to have, like, like William Wallace said in Braveheart, it's 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 that having that moment where we truly live. It's not. I'd rather have that one that one hour of feeling alive than fifty years of just stagnant flat. And and so I think about that when I'm I'm working. I I don't I don't think about okay today I'm going to make another thousand dollars. I'm thinking about all the things I get to create. So there's an artist, there's a genius inside of us, and when we're tapping into it, and for me, that's also in martial arts, but in business, I'm thinking about that. Maybe I'm writing a book or I'm having a conversation. I know I'm making an impact, and because I trust in the universe and how it works with this give and take and and putting things out there and they come back, I believe in that, so I'm not scared of putting it out there, and I'm able to tap into something deep inside me. That's that's how I make decisions now. I, I'm thinking about how can I show up best, and, and because I trust in the way the universe works, I, I don't I don't think, okay, I should do this thing because there's more money into it. I think this is the thing that I'm meant to be doing and how can I touch more people with that thing? Because the bigger we think in terms of our contribution, the, the bigger the impact is going to be and the more fulfilled we're going to be. It's not just about the success, it's about the fulfillment. Massive difference between those two. Yeah, no question about it. Now, let me ask you this. As you transitioned through these, these 30 businesses, is it something where you're starting them up and you're spinning them off? Are you selling them? Are you just letting them wind themselves down? What, what is the, what's the transition look like between the businesses or, and are there many different ways you've done it? Yeah, Doug, there's a ton of different ways that I've, I've done these businesses when, when I started them up. Whether I, Some of them, I've had a number of real estate companies and some of those were sold off. Some of them collapsed in 2008. I had a number of them that absolutely collapsed and I basically gave things back or I had things foreclosed on. So those were the ugly ways to end businesses. I had a restaurant that I had, I had started and was half built and my timing could not have been worse. I started building it in 2008 in the spring. So you can imagine what happened in the fall. We were halfway built and it blew up. So there's there's those type of things. Sometimes they get sold off. Uh, some of the real estate did. The, the insurance company I had got sold off. And sometimes it's just they naturally actually aren't really doing anything and when you don't focus on it it's kind of like a relationship with with a significant other if you don't focus on that thing it's just going to go away like you know ignore your spouse for a few years see what happens spouse is going to go away the businesses tend to do the same thing so if i'm not focusing on them they're they're going to get old stagnant nobody's going to care nobody's going to pay attention the revenue is going to go away that's that has happened and that's been conscious where i just say my my intention my focus is going to be on this like with total control financial my focus is here this is what i'm spending all my time doing and and that that's where the energy is being infused into so the other the other businesses 
are are there. They just they aren't getting energized, and so they just are kind of sitting. They nothing's really happening. And so there's a lot of different ways that I've I've worked through businesses, either letting them go or selling them off. There's a lot of ways to do it. Some of them are conscious. Some of them just happen because the universe will disrupt whatever fixed whatever it is, whether it's a big building, eventually the weather tears it apart. Same with business. Eventually the universe just kind of breaks it apart and brings it back to its natural elements. Sure, sure. Well, and, you know, I think a lot of times we hear this serial entrepreneur or, or you know, entrepreneur in general. And, you know, I think one of the one of the benefits that we have as entrepreneurs is we think outside the box. We're creating, you know, you talked about that, that genius or that creative spirit or, or what have you. And that's one of our biggest strengths. The problem is that's, that's one of our biggest weaknesses too, because you're you know you're not focusing sometimes on other things because you're dreaming up the next deal, and you may have a really great idea, and you may even start it, and then it sets out there and it doesn't get any attention and it atrophies and it shrinks up to to nothing, and it's just kind of you know uh, um, an atrophy muscle. It's just a tiny little muscle out there sitting there, and you know I'd like to just get into that a little bit more because how is it that as an entrepreneur you can come up with this idea that you really you really like it you really think it's a great idea you put some of your effort some of your your time your talent your your treasure into and then all of a sudden you know there's another uh, bright shiny object that pops up and you're like oh squirrel and you go over here not that i'm not saying you're doing that but i know i've been guilty of that and uh, can you can you talk about that just a little bit of how how that process works and how have you learned from it? Are you still doing that? Do you, uh, do you have a process in place to try to avoid it, or does it just still happen and it's just part of the game? It, Doug, I, I am the there's there's a crocodile hunter and I'm the squirrel hunter. I totally get this, man. <laughs> that is that is what I have done, and it is the classic entrepreneur gets excited, gets started. So many entrepreneurs have the tendency to be a quick start, and then their follow through sucks. And what you and then there are certain people that are really great with follow through, and they're the ones that the entrepreneurs need to be able to hand things off to. So this is where the team comes into play. Having people you can say, okay, here's my idea. I'm all excited. You hand it off. They implement it. If you're doing that, and I, I've done that before where I get excited about something and then the work happens and the, and the monotony and I go, ugh, and then I see something else that's real exciting and it's shiny and, it's, and, and I go, ooh, and I go running after it. So it, totally this is, I, this is normal. This is what we do. The, the thing that I use to make sure that I'm not chasing squirrels, one, I, I time block and I, I focus using the one thing, Gary Keller's book, where I'm, I'm constantly asking what's that one thing that I can do. And so it, if I hear some great idea about a new network marketing thing or a new business venture, I, people are pitching me on investing in marijuana companies now. I'm like, this, that's very cool, you know, good, good for you guys. I'm not focused on that, thanks anyway. And so I'm narrowing it down. Because there's lots of great opportunities, but the truth is, you're not going to start 15 businesses at once. You got to start one. You got to let it grow. You got to let it mature. You can't let a toddler out into the woods and think a toddler is not going to die. You've got to nurture this toddler. And and the way that I keep focused on my toddler, which is my business, it's fairly new, is I've got a coach that's constantly asking me, "Is this part of your one thing? Does this serve the vision? Is this part of your mission?" And so I know if I'm going to tell him what I'm doing this week, and there's some other random thing that doesn't have anything to do with my major focus, he's going to ask that question. So before he even asks it, I say no thank you to these opportunities and all the damn squirrels running around. You know, that's that's a great point. And, and that one thing, because all the things you're talking about, whether it's the compliance, whether it's the, you know, a, a nurturing the, the baby business, if you will, what happens is when you get bored of something, and especially, like I said, as an entrepreneur, what happens is you take your focus off of it. And then that's whenever you may not be looking to break any laws or do anything that's, you know, that's, that's non-compliant, 
But what happens is you take your eye off the ball. You're not as focused. Somebody else is doing some of those things. And before you know it, you can get yourself into trouble, whether it's financial trouble because the business it just isn't doing as well, or it's maybe a situation where, like I said, something gets overlooked that's important. And, you know, the one thing that I would say there is, is as an entrepreneur, you want to keep the creative juices flowing, but I love that, hey, is it part of my one thing or not? You know what I mean? And if it's not, just, hey, I'm not interested, thanks so much, you know, maybe at a later date, but not now. Uh, I heard Tim Ferriss talking the other day. He just doesn't get involved in the startups anymore. And he was using the analogy of it may have been the best idea ever, but somebody's coming up pitching him at the airport while he's in the restroom. It's like, come on, man, this, I can't do this. Don't talk to me right now. You know what I mean? And, and it makes perfect sense. And, and not that, that my scenarios are, are that extreme, but the reality is, is it part of your core business? Is it part of what you want to be focused on? Is your heart into it? All the things that you were talking about, that makes a lot of sense as you're going through, you know, that decision-making process. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just really, really important to, to make sure you stay focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing, don't get distracted by the squirrels or, or major on the minors, those, those kinds of things. So anyway, ambitious times as we kind of wrap up this segment uh, here in just a few minutes, we'll hear more from Damon after a brief word from our sponsor on what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to ambitiousradio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, welcome back to the Ambitious Radio Network. Today we've got Damian Lupole, and this guy is a published author of many books. He's got a couple more coming out in 2017. Successful entrepreneur. He's a creator of his own martial art, which, to be honest with you, I mean, I heard that maybe um, Bruce Lee created some stuff on his own, and I, and I think... Um, Trying to think of somebody else uh, the other day I was I was listening to. What's the guy's name? It's like 70. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris created. I don't know that I've ever talked to anybody personally that has created their own martial art. That, that was very intriguing to me. But let's talk a little bit about uh, how you recharge your ambitious body, mind, and spirit. What, what all do you do? What drains you? What fills you? And, and uh, let's go from there. Yeah, I think the coolest thing about going through life is you develop this, this certain wisdom, this certain experience. 
And the the saddest thing is to go to a, a cemetery, a graveyard, and you see all this experience and all these uh, these lives that they're they're done. There's no more sharing of that stuff. And one of the greatest pieces of fulfillment is being able to teach and share what we've we've learned. And so to recharge, I'm I I have my rituals, I have my meditation, I have my yoga. The thing that charges me up the most is seeing the light bulb go on with the student. And sometimes this is at the dojo. Sometimes this is when I'm I'm doing financial coaching with someone, and I see them go, "Oh, I got it!" And I see them grow, and I see them their confidence increase. In the dojo, when I'm sitting there, it's something that Bruce Lee brought Bruce Lee up. It's perfect because Bruce Lee used to say, "I am not afraid of the person that knows ten thousand moves. What I'm most afraid of is the person that knows six that has has done those ten thousand times." You know, that's powerful, powerful information there. And, and you know, it's you talked about kind of the different rhythm that you have of, of life, of the meditation and the different things. What does an average day look like for you? I mean, what time do you get up? Do you have a, a morning routine? And uh, how much sleep do you get? Those kind of things. My, my day starts uh, around 7 o'clock. It's kind of my normal rhythm. And one of the things that I resist pretty much at all costs is having an alarm. And I do that on purpose because I want my body to heal. And one of the things that I think a lot of people miss out on, I certainly did, was the the healing power of sleep. And so I'll go to sleep natu- at a natural time when I'm tired and I get up. And, and then I start my day by becoming very present about what matters to me. I, I'll, I'll journal, I'll, I'll meditate, and I'll just I'll be still. And so I use Hal Elrod's The Morning Miracle process, the savers process, which is meditation and affirmation, visualization, a little bit of exercise, and then some reading and writing. I do that every day, and that's how I start my day pushing my it gives me this momentum to be present and and be on fire where I I know exactly what I'm going for I I reflect on what's happened so I can clear anything out and then I start growing with the things I'm reading and and I'm creating with the things that I'm writing and so that whole process is how I start my day and it's like I set myself up to win because instead of chasing the news a lot of people I think we we grab our phones off our nightstand and we look at what what trauma and uh, disasters have happened in the last 24 hours and I, I don't do that. I, I ignore that. Somebody says, did you hear what happened? I'm like, I, not not really because I'm too busy creating something. I've got my rhythms where it's about growth and creation. So I don't really give two flips about what happened in some random country. I'm more focused on what can I do to impact people. And so it, it keeps my energy in a place of, of possibility and abundance and hope and not fear and pain and, and despair. So it's really a, it's a, it's a conscious choice about where I'm going to experience life and what kind of energy zone. And that's really how I set my day up. So the rest of it, it just, it kind of is, is launched from that. It's like a trampoline out of eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, do, do you, we've talked a lot about reading. We've talked a lot about, you know, listening to books and, and things along those lines. Do you have, do you watch TV? Do you have a favorite documentary, favorite movies that you, when you just want to kind of veg out and just chill out or is it pretty much reading your deal? I, I don't. I don't have cable. I keep that on purpose because I think that's one of the one of the most dangerous things is having cable where you can just sit there for hours and actually watch nothing. I do have shows. I, I love some of these shows, and I, I consciously choose to buy them one at a time. I buy them on Amazon. Part of that is I have to be very purposeful. If I'm going to spend three dollars on an episode, two reasons I do that. One, I'm going to shave twenty minutes of commercials out, and to me, three dollars is worth twenty dollars twenty minutes of my time. So I'm, I'm doing that. I'm also really thoughtful around. What am I going to spend my time watching? Because it's not just whatever happens to be sitting there that, that the cable company is throwing at me. I'm actually choosing. I want to go spend time and, and, and maybe relax or learn something. 
best show or best series that I've I've probably ever seen is The Men Who Built America, and I've watched it numerous times. It just gives us insight into people that were thinking really, really big, huge, and they were they were thinking about how can I absolutely dominate something and create and shift society. So really getting into those those mindsets. I think it, it helps stretch us past whatever's normal and, and whatever we would we would be doing day to day. We go, okay, well, how do I build a, a railroad across the entire country? How do I take over the entire oil industry? I mean, that is that that like makes your head hurt thinking about doing something like that, and and you get to watch it in this seven part series, and it's it's pretty inspiring. You know, one of the interesting things is how you brought up the railroad. And not that I'm an expert on it by any means, but I've you know I've heard that you know when they the way they took over and put the railroad across them, and it was by whatever means were necessary. And you know you look, you know hundreds of years, a hundred years or whatever later, you know all of the utility easements, all the different things that run up and down, you know uh, the the basically from coast to coast, that all that was done. And, you know, it was a visionary that put it out there. They went out there, they started, you know, buying land and then by whatever means necessary. And, you know, were there any specific lessons that you learned from that or anything that was surprising to you specifically from that documentary? I, one of the, the consistent themes with, with everybody, whether it's Thomas Edison or, or Henry Ford or Vanderbilt or any of these guys, is that they went all in and they were relentless. I mean, they just, it did not matter what came in front of them. They didn't quit. They kept pushing. And I, I, they, there wasn't, it wasn't an option. They didn't allow themselves to think, okay, well, maybe I need to hang back. Maybe I'm going to, they just pushed. And they got, a lot of these guys got into a lot of trouble. They just, they were relentless. And they were so laser focused that you, you there, there's an outcome. It's, it's obvious that they, that, that is not normal. There's a reason that we look up to people like that. The, the people in modern day, we have people that are doing stuff like that, like Elon, and and people that that are changing everything about how we live and disrupting entire industries and things. It is this relentlessness, this obsession. I mean, Grant Cardone's new book, "Be Obsessed or Be Average." It's all about this obsession. What is what what is obsessing you? Rockefeller was obsessed with vertically integrating the entire oil industry. And he just figured out how to go in and dominate that thing and did not take no for an answer. It didn't matter what it took. He was all in. And we've got to figure out what we're all in on. Man, that is a great way to kind of wrap up the show. I do I do want to ask you two more quick questions, but, man, that that's you got to be all in. I mean, you really do, especially as an entrepreneur, because you don't have a boss. You can't call in sick and say, oh, I don't feel good today or whatever. You just got to get it done. Um, vacation wise, is there, is there any, when you're really trying to unplug and, and, and well, number one is, do you really unplug? And if you do, where do you do it at? Where's your favorite place? I, I go to nature. I'm And I definitely do unplug. It is because my work and my play are so intertwined and I have so much fun. I feel like I play every day. I, I get to do things. It's like this beautiful gift of my life. And that's the best part about showing up and exploring your genius. It's like playtime. The, the place where I find a lot of inspiration is, is going to the mountains or going to the beach. And so I might be sitting in there in the ocean scuba diving and have these great ideas. It's just completely changing the environment, taking myself out of what my norm is and seeing life through a different – really a different set of eyes. And, and I do that and I plan that out. So for the next year, I know where all my vacations are going to be and I plan my life around them instead of hoping I have an extra week or two here or there. I make sure that I have those set up to recharge and to give me the opportunity to look at life differently on a regular basis. 
that's a great thing to do because if you don't have a plan, then you'll likely wind up somewhere other than you hoped. And uh, if you plan to go to these different places and, and really, you know, with scuba diving, you, I think you mentioned going to Africa in, in one of the pre-interview uh, questions. So, I mean, if, if you plan for it, you get there. It's not very likely that, you know, you look up and you go, hey, um, you know, do you want to, Damien, you want to run to Africa next weekend? You know, that's, that's probably not a likely situation. So you got to plan for those kind of things. Well, as we wrap up, if, if folks wanted to engage with you on, on the internet, those types of things, how, are you social? How's the best way to, to plug in with you? Yeah, people can find me at, on on Twitter at Damien Lupo. They can go to DamienLupo.com. The the company TotalControlFinancial.com is is where the work's happening, where I am. And when you reach out, I mean, I love having a shout out on on Twitter. I, I was videotaping a response to to a gentleman today that that had heard me, and and I, I loved it. It was it was so cool. So so come out, say hi, say hey. Here's here's how you impacted me, and here's what I, I have a question with this, and I'm gonna be right there right right with you because I I love supporting people that are taking responsibility for their lives i love being with you guys and and if you reach out to me i'm going to reach right back out and i'm with you man that's great information and you know i really do appreciate you taking the time to spend with us i appreciate all the sponsors we couldn't do it without you tune in each week to ambitious radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organization thank you for listening to the ambitious radio network hosted by serial entrepreneur doug parker Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.